Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Lauren from Team Lexicon here. Thanks for joining me again for another episode of The Lex Factor, where we will explore how attorneys can build stronger practices while capturing more billable hours. Today, we're talking to Scott Brennan again, CEO of Lexicon. Welcome, Scott. Yeah. Hey, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So today, we're talking practice management during unprecedented times. Roughly 81% of law firms have actually seen their revenues drop during the COVID-19 pandemic. 27% of those firms as well have actually seen their business decline by more than half. So that being said, Scott, in most cases, law firms were deemed essential. But what specific challenges did law firms actually face during the pandemic? There were a lot of challenges that law firms had to overcome. (laughs) And and even the statement that the in most cases law firms were deemed essential wasn't an easy conclusion for many firms to draw. And so it really depended on the jurisdiction they were practicing in. And it required somebody in the law firm to really look at, you know, the orders or the guidance they were being given in their municipality around what was allowed to be open or not. And then up to them to interpret, did their practice area qualify for them to remain open? Mm-hmm. I believe most firms in almost the entire country could have made the decision to remain open. And and we know that at least some of our clients continued to take on new clients throughout the COVID crisis. It did require, though, for them to have help, right? And so help in this case was was in the form of what we did at Lexicon. So we, we have a pretty robust team of call center employees who focus on helping law firms with their clients. And we can... We can do scheduling calls. We can act as customer service agents for them. And, you know, throughout the crisis, we were taking phone calls for them, uh, making sure that that their clients knew, hey, these firms are still open. They're still taking business. And we enabled them to do it all virtually. Mm-hmm. So where historically maybe the, the firms would have required a customer to come in for a face-to-face meeting, we enabled Zoom meetings um, nationally. Mm-hmm. you know, for a customer so that potential clients or clients could get a hold of their attorneys, have a face-to-face discussion. It wasn't just an over-the-phone discussion, which I think really helped them connect to the client. Regardless of whether their courts were open, they were able to advance those matters. Then in instances where the courts were open, yeah, there was an advantage to the clients maybe of filing quickly. And so we were still making and enabling the law firms to go ahead and interact with the courts and file you know, file their motions and get get on the dockets so that when courts do reopen, hopefully those are at the top of the list and they're not now bumped down to, to matter number 8,000 in their jurisdiction, you know, waiting months maybe before somebody will talk to them. Looking at law firms, what strategies do they really themselves need to identify and implement so that they can keep those daily operations as close to business as usual as possible? I mean, you made some great points there, but what else is there that they can do on their own? One of the things that Again, and I don't mean this to be a Lexicon, you know, infomercial, but Ding. Yeah, our, yeah, our matter <laughs> management software is, is cloud-based um, and, and it is it has the highest level of cybersecurity imaginable. Mm-hmm. And, and so what that enabled is for law firms to send all of their attorneys and paralegals home and allow them to continue working without having to come into the office without somebody worrying Am I being hacked? Is all of my customer information, all my clients' information 
being sold to uh, you know a, a bad actor in Russia, um, <laughs> and that's really important. I think you know we're anticipating the next big wave to be cybercrime because so many companies, not just law firms, but so many companies during COVID had to quickly transition to a work from home environment, mm-hmm. and they weren't really prepared for it. And so now you have all of these transactions and all of this data crisscrossing around in very unsecure platforms like email, right? And so if you're a lawyer, a law firm and you've sent all of your employees home and your primary way of communicating amongst yourselves is by emailing documents back and forth, you've exposed yourself to cybercrime. Mm-hmm. Um, email is not secure. And, and so the way that the law firm, a law firm should be thinking about it is how do I get to a secure platform that gives me some peace of mind mm-hmm. That when my employees are working from home, they're not being hacked, and I'm not going to wake up one day and read about my firm spilling a bunch of information you know, on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. Hold on one second, actually. I, uh, I got an email. It looks like I just won money from an African prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too soon. You, you want to jump cheesy? on that? Yeah. Hold on. Let me get this real quick. Uh-huh. I quit. No, just <laughs> So that being said, it really seems like firms in general, businesses, people – you know, for lack of better words, people in general have experienced negative impacts from COVID-19. Firms have businesses, like I said, everybody. So what tactics really need to be considered to counteract any of those experiences? What we suggested to all of our clients is that the COVID crisis was a good time to evaluate their marketing. Um, So for example, we took several of our clients' marketing spend on radio down significantly. There was nobody driving to work, so there was no such thing oh, as a drive yeah. time hour. That makes sense. Yeah. So we we pulled that money off the radio, but then we looked at where where were people during the day. Well, everybody was home and everybody was surfing the internet, maybe trying to get information about COVID in their town, maybe trying to stay up on the celebrity gossip. <laughs> but they were on online, right? And so we took we took those firms advertising dollars and we reallocated them to digital to try to get to where the eyeballs were. And, and that was both through search engine marketing as well as things like pre-roll and digital media, yeah. right? And so if somebody was watching something on Hulu or ESPN and they wanted to watch a clip or they wanted to watch a show, we were putting ads in those clips for them <laughs> so that before they could get to, you know, LeBron's uh-huh. greatest shots, they, they, had a, they had to watch an ad for one of our clients. And the third thing that we did is for some of our firms, we created COVID-specific topics for them to talk about in either webinars or podcasts. And they used the Lexicon Studios and the Lexicon Equipment and Technology team to produce their content talking about the impact of COVID on their area of the law. And by doing that, they, they established themselves as leaders in their field, thought leaders, around their their practice area and they also were reassuring potential clients hey we're we're still open right mm-hmm. and we're thinking about you and we're thinking about how covid impacts you as a potential client of mine so you know and we were able to do that because we were pulling radio dollars away from from the budget we were able to do that without raising their budget in fact frankly we were able to shrink their advertising budgets and in many cases, we're able to maintain a very consistent level of revenue and new matters coming in the door. Mm-hmm. Not in every case, 
right? <laughs> but in, in a lot of yeah. cases, we're able to, to maintain that flow. Yeah, given the situation. Um, I know me personally, you know, we worked from home for a, a couple months and I watched hours and hours of Netflix. But only at night, though. Exactly. Only, I was going <laughs> to yes. say, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was so productive. I got so much work done. And then after five, I watched Netflix all night. But, you know, and I got a new car a couple months ago, too. And I was like, oh, my God, she's just sitting there. No one's using her. But she still smells uber fresh. So it's great. <laughs> but I wasn't driving. It was weird. And, you know, we do it every day. It was just bizarre. But um, definitely life changed. The media consumption changed everything. Um, and thinking about, you know, especially if you own your own firm or you're a small firm, you don't necessarily have time to sit there and think about the fact that people aren't driving to work anymore. You're just trying to stay afloat and keep things as normal as they possibly can. So the idea of having someone out there that has that experience and knowledge and data that says, hey, this is an easy first step. Let's go ahead and change, you know, the radio ads that you're running and uh, throw some display ads online. So yeah. and, and it all worked together pretty seamlessly because we we can do so much for them, right? We were able to produce the marketing, but we were also able to take the phone call because the lawyers were also working from home for the first time and maybe they didn't all have childcare, mm-hmm. right? Maybe yeah. maybe they didn't think it was a professional image for them to answer the phone and having a child screaming or a dog barking in the background when <laughs> yeah, a potential it, client yeah. is calling. <laughs> That's a real issue, right? And so we were able to take those phone calls into our call center uh-huh. give the the attorney a window that they could schedule themselves to be in a quiet environment to really focus on the client rather than just having them forward their, their office number directly mm-hmm. to their cell phone. Yeah, I think everybody during the crisis is a little more forgiving of children screaming and dogs barking and <laughs> well, you know, sirens in the, in the background. background. Yeah. Banging pots, Banging and, pots pans. and pans. <laughs> yeah, all of that is true. But, but because of the way Lexicon was set up, you know, all of our employees were already in a very secure way able to work from home. Um, we were able to take those phone calls, let the attorneys schedule that call, and then if they were on our platform again, very safely and securely work through an encrypted cloud connection so that they weren't zinging private information in a, in a way that was easily interceptable. <laughs> yeah, where those princes are just waiting yeah. <laughs> to get the information, knowing that we're all at home and well, working through a different and, process. And, so, and if you think about in many areas of the law, what information you have on a client, right? The idea of yeah. sending that in a non-secured email format, yeah. the the Nigerian prince does not, in fact, need to <laughs> call them anymore because they already have all the information they need. They've got bank accounts. Uh-huh. They've got mother's maiden name. They've got every address you've ever lived at. Again, depending on the type of law, Very true. there is a lot of personal information that a law firm has. Mm-hmm. You should think about having a cybersecurity expert on in a, in a future episode because I think yeah. it would be really point, enlightening yeah. for a lot of firms to, to see just how much effort – goes into keeping data secure. And if yeah. if you're a lawyer, you don't want to have to think about that no. stuff. And <laughs> I don't even understand it, you know? Let's exactly. But if you're not thinking about it and Someone nobody else is. is thinking about it for you, then the guy who's running the Nigerian's print scam is or He's somebody in Russia it, yeah. is. And and as I said, we're expecting a wave of cybersecurity to come now that now that the COVID crisis is is over. Even even within our customer base 
one of the things we do is monitor email traffic. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw a doubling of phishing attempts and cyber attacks on the firms that oh, we're God. supporting. We're able to stop them in most just cases. Just in the past couple months. Just in the last few oh, months, wow. and we can generally stop them and filter them out. Mm-hmm. But you know, every day these guys are getting a little more sophisticated, a little better, yeah. right? And, and you only have to be wrong once. You look at the legal industry, you look at the medical industry. Those are going to be the first two places someone tries to get into. Yep. I mean, based on the information that's there. So, all right. So moving forward, as much as I don't want to go there, what if this happens again? What if there's some sort of future emergency pandemic? How can we prepare now for what may happen in the future? Yeah, well, the first thing you need is a secure network of some kind, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm partial to the lexicon solution. There are other solutions out there, um, but you really need to be thinking about where are you keeping your data, right? How are your your employees or, or your attorneys or yourself working on documents and storing that information? How do you ensure that that's secure? Mm-hmm. You should be thinking again, about how do I want to interact with my clients if this happens again? Is I would hope by now anybody who, who you know, was able to has, has figured out how to use Zoom or WebEx or any one of those digital solutions to have a, a video chat with a potential client. Yeah. Um, there are security issues around, around all of those platforms as well that, that you need to think through. Even smaller things like how do you how do you issue a disbursement if nobody's going to the office? Yeah, you know, those are the things that you'd want to try to tackle now, before the you know any potential spike again and maybe a potential shutdown. And I, you know, I'm still reading that we're expecting this to to come back again in September or October. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, right around with flu season, so nobody will know what's going on. Yeah, but you should be prepared if you're if you're running a firm or if you're an, an attorney or a partner at a firm and, and you guys aren't having these discussions today. You really need to to pull a firm meeting together and talk about what your strategy going to be if and when this comes back. So that being said, you talked a lot about this already, but firm operations have changed a lot just over the past couple months. How much change really has there been? And looking forward, how much change do you think there's going to be still? I think both firm operations and courthouse operations have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And And to me, there's an open question of, Will things like pre-trial hearings still happen in person, or are those going to perpetually be digital? And you know, maybe as as an attorney, you you've been able to bill for time driving to the courthouse, waiting for you mm-hmm. to be called, mm-hmm. you know, for your pre-trial hearing. You know, maybe a, a briefing with your client before or after that hearing, and then the drive home. Mm-hmm. And and so, if you think that maybe that on average is a two to three hour experience that you get to bill for, and if it is a Sit on Zoom uh, in a in a green room by yourself. <laughs> maybe that is shrunk down to a thirty minute billable. Yeah, right. And so, you you need to think through what does that mean to me, and also, am I prepared as an attorney, and are my clients prepared for a, a Zoom based or you know virtual based hearing or trial? Yeah. Because you know th- there have been plenty of of articles about instances where judges have, have yelled at attorneys for being in bed in their pajamas during a, <laughs> during a trial or a hearing. And, you know, I would hope that that's not all that prevalent, and I'm sure it isn't. But, but you never know. You never know what a client might do, right? And so, so I, I think as a firm, you need to start thinking through, how do I really prep clients and myself for a virtual interaction with the court system, yeah. whether it's pretrial or trial, Right. 
how, how am I going to educate myself and my client on the best way to do that? That's absolutely going to change the way law firms operate. You know, uh, we've talked uh, about, you know, document management, right? And maybe you couldn't, maybe you were in New York and, or in, in Eastern Pennsylvania and you, you couldn't even go into the office for a period of time. Still can't. Still can't. If you have physical files, what did that mean? Did you, did you violate orders and go sneaking in in the dead <laughs> of night? Or, or did you just not work on, on an urgent matter because you didn't have a digital backup or you weren't right. even, even better, you weren't cloud-based, mm-hmm. right? So you should think about your document management solution and how that is going to interact with your firm. Don't forget about the security aspect of that, but also think about just access to files in general. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Those are some great points. Um, not only have I hope all of you learned to wear proper clothing right now, but I hope you learned something about security and the legal industry that helps you in your day-to-day. So that's really all we have for today. Uh, join us next time on the Lex Factor so we can talk more about Lex. <laughs> I tried to work it in there, but you know. <laughs> and learn some more insights into building a better practice. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.